0: Hey guys, Paul here with uh, with a little bit of bad news. You know how right now you can hear me loud and clear? Not so much the case for the uh, remainder of the episode. Made a, uh, as they would say in the biz, jobber mistake and forgot to unmute my microphone. Cody sounds great. Uh, so managed to do a little bit of post editing and I think I was able to salvage it. Uh, decided to can the video, but audio is here and I think it's passable. I don't know. Hope it's all right and it's not too much of a struggle for you. I'm super, super hollow throughout it. You'll see. So, there's a two week break for the UFC after this. And I assure you, when we come back from our little break, I'll have my shit together. So, sorry again. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to another edition of the Dogger Pass Podcast. This is for UFC Sao Paulo, Blahovic versus Jacare, Paul Shaughnessy and Cody Saftik here in studios with you What's as that? always. Coming off of Russia, Ooh. now we're in Brazil. You know, we we go to Brazil like 10 times a year at this point. So, uh, anyway, before we get to any of this, we've got uh, winners from last week. We have our winner from last week. Lathlaw84, congratulations to you. You are the winner of 20 DK dollars that should be in your account right now. If it's not, it's coming. Ask all the other people who have collected their cash in the past it's coming. It's good, good, for,
1: good it, for it, man. It's good for we're it. good for it. Anyway,
0: Cody's going to tell you how you can win $20,000 this week like Laugh La did last
1: week. Well, we spent a lot of time last week discussing the possibility of hometown cooking. And to be honest, other than maybe one fight, there wasn't really only a hometown. They could have screwed some people over. They could have pulled the dirty, dirty, but for the most part, pretty accurate judging. So, you know, maybe hometown cooking wasn't a factor in Russia. Now we're in Brazil. Surely it's something we've been normally talk about is little hometown cooking paul you and i we always talk about hometown cooking so the question in this week is hometown cooking a real thing or are we fucking full of it here does it really not matter sometimes ufc brings their own judges or american guys uh, people say that the crowd factors in sometimes it doesn't sometimes it, is it a real thing or is it plain and simple let that not be a factor there's no narrative just pick the better fighter what do you think? Clearly, well, I mean, clearly, like, I think you believe that I'm hometown cooking's a real, th- I'm a real on thing. i a whole
0: bunch of like tweets and stuff. If it's not, a thing, <laughs> like, tweeting whatever the local cuisine is, uh, maybe it's partially a joke. Brazil has been a lot better over the last few years, so there's that. In Russia, we were talking about just before we went on the air here that all the it was like all the judges were just the normal judges that you usually hear at most events. So it's not like yeah, there, there wasn't any like Russian name. Vadim
1: Finkelstein things. was not judging what the was fight. Was
0: sketchy in Russia. Who were those referees? <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Like if you were Russian and you were able to hold your opponent against the cage, there was no separation whatsoever.
1: Yeah, Hablum got warned ha- pile of times, yeah, but it ab- really didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, there was there,
0: and those were Russian referees, so. I think home cooking exists, maybe not in the way that we used to think it does. Wow, now maybe wow, it's wow, wow. three dimensional. It may just be the judges or sorry, the referees that are uh, that are in on it. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm a full fledged like conspiracy theorist at heart. So uh, maybe that's for a different conversation. Maybe a Christmas episode where we just talk about uh, greasy theories that maybe don't even pertain to sports. But either way.
1: Um, Got yeah, a good so main event. So Damn it! Well, if this is a close main event, then maybe Jacare is will get a, the nod. Is it a
0: close main event though? We have Jan Blahovic taking on Ronaldo Jacare Souza at 205 pounds. Blahovic is nine or 8,900 minus 200 favorite. Sorry, we're gonna just go through the odds. Uh, minus 200. Souza can be had for plus 170. I don't like anybody who comes up to 205. It's been proven recently. Besides, besides uh, Santos, uh, Tiago Miranda santos who goes up that 20 pounds and looks good? Luke Rockhold, dusted, crop dusted by Yo- uh, Blahovic. We got uh,
1: Chris Weidman
0: going up. Everybody who moves up these 20 pounds, it's significant. It's a lot of size. You'll see when these guys stand next to each other. Jacare was always really big for 185, but it'll be di- like they may be the same height maybe like oh they look pretty close or whatever like that but like there's a different body type going on here and i don't like like Jacare doesn't have the greatest like wrestling to be perfectly honest his jiu jitsu is obviously on another planet if he can get it there but is he going to be able to muscle around yawn here i don't think so the only saving grace is is that where, you know, we're in his home country. I guess the crowd will be behind him. He's going to have some support and whatnot. But I think Blachowicz rolls here big time.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly possibility. I The very first thing you think of is exactly as you mentioned. The guys that have moved up recently from 185 to 205 looking for some, some past glory. It has not worked out. There could be a strong argument for Jude... This guy's way too big for 185. He's young. His body's filling out. None of those guys fit that criteria. Chris Weidman's broken down. He's looking for a second jump. It does not work. Luke Rockhold, he's broken down, looking for a second start. It did not work. Jacare Susan nearing his 40th birthday. I think he's like three weeks away from his 40th birthday. He's looking for a second jump and it's not likely to work. At least if it does work, it's going to be one of those tough fights. Does he have a tough, nitty-gritty last performance left in him? Like, I, I don't know. The fights that he's lost that have been those razor-close fights with Kelvin Gastelum and Yoel Romero. In both instances, the Yul fight, I thought he won, but I thought that was his last hurrah. Like, This is the end. It's not going to get any better from here, and it wasn't. It's been downhill. The Kelvin Gastelum fight, dude, that was his last hurrah, and you know what? He loses that fight. I thought he lost that fight. Then he beats Wideman. It's like, fuck, man, maybe this guy's got a little bit left in the tank, but all of these fights it's not glory jacaray is jacaray who's getting older at 185 and then the last fight with jack hermanson you know we talk a lot about this guy's jiu-jitsu and that guy's jiu-jitsu and how good his jiu-jitsu really is but you, there has to be a point as well where it's like everybody's good at jiu-jitsu and jan blokovitz well he's a black belt as well and jack hermanson didn't give a fuck about sitting in jacaray's guard and pounding him he didn't and there was very little submit win the way of submissions that really threatened him and kept him on his toes Maybe it's the same thing here. Maybe Jan does take him down. Maybe Jan pounds him. The one thing I will admit, because I don't like this minus 200 price tag on Jan, is uh, with Jacques that even though his gas tank's not great, his gas tank's not great because he throws everything into everything he's got the same two punches he's got he works the body fucking awesome these days and he goes big power double tries to get the fight to the ground he'll pull guard if he has to but for the most part he's not pulling guard but he muscles everything he goes for everything that's why he's getting tired Jan meanwhile has this perception of good cardio good cardio I don't know that Jan's cardio is all that great if you look back a couple of fights he's getting tired in, in in some of these fights and most notably we'll say the Jared Canyonier fight he goes up two rounds in the third round he gasses out against Canyonier, who's down at middleweight now, and loses the third round against Canyonier. If it's a five-round fight with Canyonier, it's interesting. His fight with Jimmy Manoa, the first round, he drops Jimmy Manoa. The second round, he, he does pretty, fairly good. But at the end of the second round, he gasses out, pulls it together a little bit in the third. But maybe in a five-round fight, we've never seen Jan in a fourth round. We've never seen him in a five-round. The only time he was ever booked in the fifth round, he got knocked out early in the third against Tiago Santos. So I, if Jacare can extend him out, and if Jacare can get him to the ground... Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd be willing to take a dog shot if I was playing multiple I'd be more to just hit if if you really do feel that way, why don't you just wait
0: to see it? Uh, so you can, you'll be able to hit it live, I would imagine.
1: Here's the problem with hitting it live. Here's the problem: is that Jacare is a fast starter. Is that he's going to start fast? In fact, I, I, even though I'm probably going to lean towards Blakobit's winning this fight, but passing on it because it's two to one inches, I see it closer than two to one. Is that Jacare is going to have a good first round? Probably wins the first round. So now, in a live betting standpoint, you'll never get the 170 back
0: if he's up around. If he's up around, if he's down around, you will get more.
1: If he's going to win any of the rounds, it'll be the first first maybe one and two but I think the longer the fight goes if he can't get the fight to the ground he needs to now outstrike Jan so can, he, can, he, can, he, can he outstrike Jan? Yeah, yeah. theoretically speaking He's got more volume than Jan, he works the body pretty good He's got good kicks I just don't, I can't trust him at 40 years old In an extended 5 round fight But this is full on for me Dogger pass, pass is a smart play But 170 is pretty tempting
0: From your breakdown there Here's what I took away Yeah, You said that Jacare is going to win the first couple rounds He's also going to win the late rounds Because you said that you're worried about Jan gassing
1: (laughs) I'm worried really about, uh, no, 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 I don't here? know, I don't know. I see what you mean, but but what I'm saying is that Jacare, if he wins the first couple rounds and gasses out and Jan wins, it's because he's going for it, foot it, as he always does. He throws power into everything. That's what's tiring him out. If he does that, then I think he's going to get himself tired as he did in the Kelvin Gastelum fight, get himself tired as he did in the, in the Jack Hermanson fight, and I do believe that because Jan's way bigger than him, he could stop the takedowns, he could take him down and do the same thing Hermanson did, stay in the guard for a minute or two of the round. Yeah, I don't think Jacare is good enough that he's going to sweep. You. The other thing that worries me about Jacare is this is not Jacare Souza prime of his career training at, you know, the X gym with Anderson Silva and and Rafael Fajael Calvacante and you know that good little cast of guys they had there. This is him in like Orlando training with like Mike Perry and those guys. It hasn't looked great since the switch. I, I don't know. I can't I can't in faith back him. That's why I'm thinking it's going to be a pass. But in terms of uh, do I see this fight going 5 rounds? Jan's not really known for his power he's only been knocked out twice one time with leg kicks one time with Thiago Santos lands him right on the button mm-hmm. never been submitted well he have been submitted sorry it was like 12 years ago or something like 10 years ago he got submitted with a Kimura like locked long-ass time ago. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. I see it go in the distance. If it does go the distance, it's going to be a close fight. Jacques Ray's not getting blown out in his fights. They're typically fairly close. He lost that Hermanson fight 4-1, but he's got a couple of other close rounds in there. Maybe it's a 3-2. If home cooking is a real thing, and he is in a close fight with Jan, maybe he can squeak it out. For plus 170, that's where the value lies on this. We'll talk about DK at the end of the show. But uh, the 2-1 to one on Jan, even though I can see him winning this fight, I, I, I do feel in like my heart like I want to pick in I am leaning in that direction. The value Value's not there. This is a dogger pass.
0: I just don't. I just won't touch uh, middleweights at 205. That's just.
1: Very fair theory. Very show. fair.
0: It's it's the honor bus for me. We'll talk about it from a DraftKings perspective when we get there.
2: Get ready to enter the ring. DraftKings and Showtime Boxing have partnered to bring you closer to the action than ever before. Introducing the Showtime Boxing Pick'em Game. For every 2019 Showdown Boxing event, you can come out swinging. Each fight card is the opportunity to duke it out for your share of $5,000 and a Showtime boxing swag bag. Head to www.draftkings.com Showtime to play against this Friday's main event featuring undefeated welterweight prospect Eric Vega Ortiz of Tijuana, Mexico, facing off against 2016 Olympian and decorated amateur Alberto Palmetto of Argentina in the 10-round main event.
0: Talking okay. okay. about... Uh, aging legends. We got Mauricio Shogun who taking on Paul Craig. Minus 260 Shogun
1: plus 220 Berju, who you got? Uh, it seems like a favorable matchup for, for Shogun Hua. I mean, obviously they know what they're doing with Shogun these days. They're booking him in specific matchups that he can potentially win in front of a hometown crowd and excite the crowd one last time. Sweet, sweet Jesus. We love it. Him versus Sam Alvey. Interesting fight because again, Sam Alvey is another one of these middleweights that moved up to 205 has not looked good whatsoever. No. So yeah, I guess it's a fight that favors Shogun. But Sam Alvey also hits like a tank, not necessarily at 205, but we've seen him what he can do at 185. Like the guy hits pretty hard. Maybe he can catch ch- ch- chinny ass Shogun and-, and make a fight out of it. Like who knows? Sam Alvey pulling out on like pretty short notice here and getting a replacement in Paul Craig. Now it's a like they they got him the guy that matches up with him perfectly. He has,
0: like no stand
1: up, virtually no stand up. His wrestling is extremely lackluster. And even if he does get you to the ground, he's a brown belt. You're a black belt. You've been a, brown, a black belt for a long time. You know, Mauricio Shogun. Who, in his last fight with uh, with Tyson Pedro, he relied almost exclusively on his ability to just take Pedro down and dominate him on the ground. Ends up getting a third round TKO stoppage. Like, he's maybe one of those guys, as we talk about with a Caesar Ferreira and those types. Once you realize it's like, nah, dude, I can strike, but I also can't take a punch. I'm going to switch my game plan to grinding. Gee, fuck, Chogan can do that too. Now, is he going to strike with any of the good strikers in the division? No. Is he going to wrestle and grapple with any of the good grapplers in the division? No maybe paul craig doesn't fit any paul of those craig,
0: yeah a good striker or grappler in the two ufc 205 division
1: no. no no but that being said you look at shogun's last fight and it's a glorious moment over over a tyson pedro and it's like oh dude vintage shogun and he's on like a three-fight winning streak or something right like it's like oh wow we're getting some good performances out of shogun like maybe there's maybe there's The UFC knows let's not book this guy back in three months. Let's not book this guy back in four months. They know let's book this guy back nine, ten months from now when we're in Brazil. And he can be the co-feature in a fun little fight to excite the Brazilian crowd. Like they know what they're doing with him. Also, you can't forget in Tyson Pedro fight. Tyson Pedro's like a hair away from knocking out Shogun in the first round. Like he drops him once and then makes him do the stanky leg later on in the first round. It's a 10-8 first round. Eventually Shogun ends up getting the stoppage. But all the same, it's like you can't ignore that it's not vintage Shogun. Like this is a this is a shot up version of Shogun. Here's a stat for you, actually, I found extremely interesting. Paul Craig made his MMA debut in 2013, right? Right, mm-hmm. that's the same year that Mauricio Shogunhua was a betting line underdog <clears throat> against James Tahuna, Right, he lost his title to Jones in 2011. He was considered fucking shot in 2013 shot when Paul Craig months. when Paul Craig made his MMA debut, and now this is he's minus two sixty over Paul Craig. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I got some reservations about this fight as well. But I can't be betting all the dogs in this car. There's a lot of tempting dogs. Yeah. Uh, you got to know when to pass. I can't get to the
0: minus minus two. 60.
1: I can't get to the 260.
0: He he's so dusty and old. It's just like... If Paul Craig lands something, he doesn't usually do that, but if he lands something and, and Shogun just withers away, am I going to be shocked? No.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing with Paul Craig, right? So heading into his last fight, and mind you, he knocks out the worst guy imaginable his last fight, and yes, you did warn me about that, uh, Vinicius Moreira. He, he had never knocked out anybody in his career. But not only did he just clap this guy that had no chin, he knocked him the fuck out. And and in a sense, it doesn't really matter if you've never knocked out anybody. This is MMA. You're throwing punches and kicks. So again, could he knock out Shogun? Yeah, I think Shogun. He could knock out Shogun. Could Shogun knock out him? Yeah, absolutely. They could both get that knock on each other. As for submissions, like I don't see him catching Shogun. I don't see Shogun catching him. Uh, Well, maybe he does if he batters him first, but who knows. But but, but my last thing I want to mention is that people keep saying with Paul Craig, it's like, oh, dude, he's, he's no good. And I agree. Like, he's barely beating these guys one key thing that you have to keep in mind here right his fights Khalil Roundtree Khalil Roundtree is a freak fucking athlete let's just throw that out there Magomed and Kalayev dude fucking freaks athlete. he's a stud absolutely Jimmy Cruz, 22 years old kids a stud he's on the up and up he's strong he's brash good fight actually Kennedy Injikulu, fucking freak athlete Fuck got it all Alonzo Mennefield God damn This guy could have been A running back Not in the NFL But in a fucking arena Football league God damn Right so like So like Those guys are Busting Paul Craig's Ass up No doubt about it But those guys are All way faster Than Shogun So keep in mind That again Paul Craig Kind of a live dog but I, I I can't be back. I, I don't know. This could be the kind of card you could bet all of the dogs. Half of them lose or seven of them lose. But the ones that do win could make it worth your while. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying, again, I, I can't back who at minus 260. Give nope. me a better price tag. We could talk about it, but not this one.
0: We got Charles Dobronks, Oliver taking on Jared Gordon. Dobronks is minus 355. Gordon's plus 295 bronze on like a five-six fight winning streak at this point, has he finally turned the corner? That's kind of the question you have to be asking yourself. After oh, after a
1: five-fight winning streak, we're still he talking he about it. We we'll always talk about it. Always, always had about. all the talent yeah, in the yeah, world,
0: he's fucking talented. And then he would have like this moment where he just goes like full. I don't even know what the what the term. He just like he just like wither oh, yeah. and die basically. Yeah, like,
1: packs it up. Yeah, he just he
0: calls it calls it a match, and he's done that multiple times against Jared Gordon's training partner, friend, somebody at Rufus Sport, in Paul Felder. It's like when J- the Bronx got him to the ground, wasn't able to finish him, around, had him in all. Put
1: the, the squeeze on him, Paul. put the, the
0: squeeze. Spots. Had everything he could. You could have. Like I remember, I had DeBronx
1: inside that, the disc that week, and yeah. I was just like, you know
0: what? When you're when you're rostering this guy, I'm paying. Uh, the price. I think he was like eighty eight I don't even know what he was. Eighty
1: eighty nine hundred. Sure, whatever.
0: You're just like I'm paying the price for what the opportunity that he got. He didn't get the finish. Say la vie. Um he's been looking good recently. Jared Gordon on the other hand is a guy who you know came into the ufc just guns a blazing it was just the DraftKings superhero smash the slate
1: back to back
0: smashing slates just you know he's that guy now he's you know he's super cheap on draft <laughs> he's 300 underdog going down to brazil probably getting set up in a situation where this is probably he loses this fight he goes home he's got a really i don't know he's got a really good story and he uh he's really helped out a lot of people with uh addiction issues and stuff like that so nothing but respect for Jared Gordon but i mean he's always at his best when he's pushing forward getting into the uh, getting into like grappling exchanges pressure 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 and when you do that against oliveira you're going right into the fire i don't like his chances here uh, oliveira on top of that way longer uh, way longer uh, reach and you know, striking like the way that he strikes, he's always at the end of his punches. Like, I just he's uh, Gordon is gonna have to pull up a Felder where he
1: just survives. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. break him, and, then maybe, right? and then break him, and then break
0: him. But I just don't know if that's still like Oliveira may have turned a corner. I think he may have, but we'll find out. I guess on Saturday, pick is obviously Charles Oliveira here minus three twenty fifty five. Um, they don't have, like, the sub-props out and stuff like that, but I'd be interested to see that price when it gets released. Minus 355 is a little bit steep, I suppose, for a guy who has looked for the door a few times, but the guy's just oozing with talent, so is the pick here. What about you?
1: Yeah, this fight, actually, and it'll be a fun fight, I think, while it lasts, but this fight makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, why, why is Charles Oliveira, who's on a five-fight winning streak... Mm-hmm. Finished all five of those opponents. Why, why is he fighting an opponent, Jerry Gordon, who's one and two in his last three? Well, how does this fight make any sense? It doesn't. No. He should be fighting a top 15, top 10 opponent. Yeah. He's like absolutely. Excitement, you know, bottled up. Like all of his fights are extremely entertaining. He's fighting an increasingly better level of guys. Uh, he's still young enough; just turned thirty, that you can you can conceivably see him fighting for a belt in the near future. But a fight like this does nothing for him. it's all danger. Because yeah, you're right. He has quit a few times. If he if he puts it on Jerry Gordon and Jerry Gordon's a guy that's died twice. Uh, yeah, if you put it on him and he's still there at the end of it, are are you going to quit? I don't know. Taking fights like that. If you win, you're supposed to win. You're three and a half to one favorite over him in Brazil. Like, there's. A, what do you mean? If you win, you're going to win. If you don't look good and you don't finish him, we've got a problem. That's a that's a tough fight for Charlie. Charlie, but yeah, it's a fight where he matches up perfectly. You take Charles Oliveira, all of his skills, everything about him, and you take Jared Gordon's heart, and you put Jared Gordon's heart in Charles Oliveira, world champion, no doubt about it, because all the skills are there. That's literally the only thing he's missing. You look at his record, it's phenomenal. He takes down Will Brooks. He out-wrestles Will Brooks and then submits him. If you're thinking like, oh, dude, that's just the one wrestler. Clay Guidi, he didn't take down. He dummy shot himself into the guillotine. But Cristos Giagos is a good wrestler, takes him down, no problem. Jim Miller, no, d- t- takes him down, no problem. David Taymor, don't need to take him down. He fucking beat the shit out of David Taymor straight up with his striking. And then Nick Lentz, masterclass performance does whatever he wants to Nick Lenz, and then eventually finishes him off with a knockout. It's like, my God, his stri- he can strike with strikers like Tamor, outstrike them, beat them. He can strike with world-class strikers. He can out-wrestle world-class wrestlers, and he's submitting BJJ black belts like it's just another day. The one thing is like, if he doesn't get this seemingly done in the first two rounds, it's not even just that Paul Felder fight, dude. It's the Anthony Pettis fight where he's probably winning up until he taps to that guillotine. Uh, the Max Holloway fight, which dude, it's Max Holloway. I get it, but like, esophagus tear. Like, dude, there was no tear. Uh, going back to that Cub Swanson fight. Remember, he took one, he backed away and there was this like, like, ugh, yeah. And then like crumpled wow. over the, yeah, yeah, exactly. The Donald Cerrone fights, it's like, oh man, he has a history of doing it. But there's no denying that he was young and he and he's learning and now he's got the skills. And now if you see him, like his conditioning is way better. When your conditioning is way better, I think it leads to having a better heart, you know, because now you're not questioning yourself. You know, you can go those rounds. And going back to the David Tamor fight, he got dropped. He actually got dropped by a clean left hand in the second round, first round. Uh, no problem. Pops back up, fights on, doesn't quit on himself. I'm going to say he's beyond that. And yeah. even th- I've never bet against Jared Gordon. And what hey, he has cost me twice. Yeah, I'm not saying it's great to not bet against Jaguar. But in this matchup, like yeah. he's going to get beat standing. He's extremely hittable. His chin has failed him. His last fight against uh, Dan Moret is a close-ass fight. You can make an argument he lost the first round. I thought he won all three, but first round's close. Second and third, he beats Dan Moret. Now he's jumping from that to Charles Oliveira, who's going to have a wrestling, grappling, and striking advantage over him. Yeah, as long as Chucky Olives, like we used to call him. Yeah, as long as Chucky Olives doesn't quit on himself. He's got the advantage basically everywhere. So when we get to DK, yeah, he's obviously a good pri- play. He's always a good play flip side to that, a good punt play, but you have to acknowledge it's full-on punt. Yeah, Jared Gordon at $6,800 puts up a lot. And then as far as the betting line goes, like, yo, you don't need me to tell you that 355 he's a big favorite, he should be safe. But in comparative to Shogun Hula, who's 260 yeah, it's almost 90 points more. DK is pretty even. It's like, yeah. I, I feel way we'll I feel we'll way down. better we'll again, about Charles Oliveira who has a great stylistical matchup in it, whereas Shogun is just way too many question marks we
0: got Andre Muniz taking on Antonio Arroyo Uh, basically a straight pick I'm here minus 115 minus 105 who you
1: got yeah I found this one tough to tape study so uh, basically they're kind of similar versions of each other it seems like this Andre Muniz he's got a lot more experience he's like 16 and 4 he's BJJ Blackbell you know, most of his wins by submission. He's got 14 wins by submission, few from knockout, but like way before. His problem is, is that in those four losses, all four times, knock the fuck out. Uh, in his last loss, I think he fought in Russia, no big deal there. Again, 50 second knockout. It's like a short little left hand pops him right in the face and he. It's not, like, knocked out as much as he just knows it hurts and he just, like, curls away right away and the ref stops it. So, all four of his losses have come by knockout. I do question that. He seems to be a submission guy. Flip side to that, Andre Muniz. He's in great shape. He's a guy that... He spent a lot of time at Greg Jackson's. I guess he's a... He, uh, what's his name? You were... Uh, Alcantara?
0: You were, Weren't you just talking about Muniz?
1: Yeah, sorry. Antonio Arroyo now. I, Antonio Arroyo. So. That's why I find this tough to tape study. They reminded me a lot of each other. Um, not in appearance, but anyways. Antonio Arroyo. He's... Uh, uh, an Eerie Alcantara guy, right? Like, one of those Marajo brother guys, him and his brother, right? So, he spent a bunch of time at Greg Jackson's gym, and Jackson set him up with a couple decent fights. Looking at him, apparently he's got this kickboxing base. They called like, oh, he used to be a kickboxing world champion, but that world champion terms, like, massively loosely defined, because I can't find anything other than his base is kickboxing. When you see him in there, it almost seems like it's karate, just, like, the way he shifts his feet, the way he moves his hips. Switches stances. Kind of, yeah, yeah, and he seems agile, and as far as, like, physically, like, it very good physical shape. Skills are probably still developing. He too prefers to get it done with submissions. He too will end up on the ground and doesn't mind, you know, playing that game. I don't think he should be Arroyo should be grappling with extended period times against Muñiz, but I don't think he's going to be completely out of place. Mm-hmm. And if he can just fight, keep this fight standing long enough, keep it in his element, he should be able to catch him with something and put him down. So that's listen, it's an EV. just
0: kicks Arroyo. That's that's the one
1: thing I that really popped out for me. I, I'll admit. So they said that he hadn't been training and striking like, all that long. He's another one of these guys that's been only been fighting pro MMA for like three or four years. They said he hadn't been like fighting all that long, but yeah, he's got a spinning like, hook kick to the head. He's thrown it in a couple of his fights, and it seems like, geez, that's a move that he's comfortable with. So he, he's obviously a decent enough striker. Yeah. Um, I think... Muniz, meanwhile, when he strikes, you watch it in his contender series fights, he just rushes forward and just bombs away, like head down, hands forward, straight on the line. So I feel like Arroyo will be able to counter that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, is like Antonio Arroyo, while watching him, he does like to switch it up. Um, He was taking whoever he was taking on in that uh, contender series fight. He was, um, you know, he was taking on a uh, orthodox fighter. And was just landing the uh, the left body kick or k- body kick to the uh, to the gut at will, and then he was able to like kind of switch it up, and he uh, landed a head kick from orthodox with his right foot. So he's like able to kind of switch it up to his opponent or like whoever he's uh, facing. Um, Muniz looked, yeah, pretty pretty generic from what I kind of saw. I didn't think his wrestling was anything special. I think Arroyo. On tape, at least, looked like he's got the much more devastating kind of fight-finishing ability. So this is a fight that when we get the DraftKings, I think... Is one that you may want to target, it's kind of inexperienced, or you know, lower lower end guys at this weight class. Big big bombs getting thrown, so um, we'll talk about it a little bit a little bit more as we go along. My pick is officially Arroyo, and yours is
1: yeah yeah. I'm gonna go with Royal. The, the last thing there is that yeah, that Stephen Regman fight on Contender yeah. Series. Regman's That's like a he's way weight smaller, weight. way smaller, moving up and takes him down twice. It's yeah. like uh oh. However, Regman was a way better wrestler than Muniz. Like a Muniz can. Cont- Series fight. He mostly shoots for a takedown and then ends up on his back. But because he's got a big grappling advantage, he's okay. Against Arroyo, that same grappling advantage might not be there. It's going to be a problem. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Arroyo as well.
0: Mm-hmm. We have Marcus Perez taking on Wellington Termon. Perez minus 125, Termon plus 105. Uh, Termon coming off of a split decision loss against Carl Roberson his last time out. And uh, Perez is coming off of a win over Anthony Hernandez. Yeah, last time out. The funny thing about you know uh, Perez is that like he's well, he's kind of like this capoeira guy, but like all his wins come by submission, and like his wrestling is real, real dodgy. Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, this is a tough one, I think, to bet to feel really confident in one of these guys. This is another fight that's like when you're playing DraftKings, it's like you have to take shots on guys that you're not gonna like, and we'll we'll get to that as we go along. This is a fight that I'm very interested in, at least on one side on DraftKings, but uh, I guess my pick is Perez, but I'm not too confident about it, like. I, his style, like, he's very relentless. He's moving forward. He likes to push people against the cage. Doesn't really have the wrestling. But, you know, at least he's getting after it. I don't know how well that gas tank holds up, but Termon got super, super tired against Roberson in their fights. So, um, yeah, lean, leaning leaning towards Perez here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is not this is a spot I'll probably stay away from, at least in terms of pre
1: bets or you? Yeah, yeah. Again, I could talk myself into a dog or pass situation, but it's not like the money's anywhere spectacular on either end here. Is that Perez is the better fighter? That's definitely the smarter place to go with Perez. He's got a significant striking advantage. He's got a nasty little body kick. Like you're saying with this Capoeira base of his. He, he he's very agile. He'll stay on the perimeter of the octagon, he'll move very well. And, you know, it's hard to catch up with them. You gotta slow him down by grinding him up against the cage. And that's his problem dude. He's like, I'd call him a poor man than Anderson Silva, but it's like, he doesn't fight like Anderson. He just does that one same thing where Anderson does. He'll keep both of his hands at his hip, and he'll back himself up to the cage, and in his mind, somehow believes some great counter's coming, but his opponent will just squash him up against the cage. Extremely notable here is that in his debut, he gets outgrinded by uh, Eric Anders. Like, Anders takes him down twice and basically just handles him no problem. Two fights later, he fights Andrew Sanchez. Sanchez will just do the same thing. He stuffs all six of andrew sanchez's takedown that that's extremely impressive what's not impressive is that sanchez didn't even need to dig him down to beat him he just held him up against the cage this wellington tournament kid he's 23 years old and fuck dude he's a little powerhouse he likes to move forward he likes to press guys up against the cage in his fight against carl roberson like first of all Carl roberson pretty decent i mean he looked awesome in russia this past weekend i'll give him the nod there i didn't think he was gonna beat kopalov but he put up a good showing he's a good kickboxer he's a good athlete he's a rangy guy um He's got a lot of good things going for him, right? And that fight with Terman, he wins the first round, no doubt about it. Second and third round, Terman gets him down. Terman gets grinding on him. Terman got robbed. Loses a split decision, but I I thought he won that decision. And he's young. He's developing. He should have made improvements from here and there. One thing I don't love about this spot, though, is that Marcus Perez was originally supposed to take on Jack Marshman. So he's got the full camp, whereas Wellington Terman, who took his debut on short notice, is again coming in on short notice. I don't know that he's going to be in great shape. I don't know that he's even super big for this weight class. But you know what you're saying in Russia, like all oh, these Russian refs, they'll just let you hold them up against the cage. You give me that ref. In this fight, yeah, he could be Marcus Perez. Absolutely, just plus one hundred five. It feels more like I'm chasing, and I'm not chasing a great price. I'm chasing near even money. So I would say that (laughs) I'm not chasing anything. I'm not. Yeah, To stall, it's not not enough. It's 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 just not enough. But I hundred percent do see the path for him. He's just got to push him up against the cage, press him, give him the old fashioned grind. Because you let Perez work at distance, that's where he does his best work. But he's got seemingly very low ring IQ. Because he likes to do tricky moves that are ineffective, and that will get him in trouble as long as Wellington Tournament can put together a good game plan.
0: James Krause is a minus 185, Sergio Moraes is plus 160. I don't understand this line at
1: all. Yeah, because the tale of two fighters, really. I don't really,
0: I just don't get it
1: well which which version of Sergio Moraes is showing up all oh, is it the one that does stuff because he'll win Is it the one that doesn't do anything because he'll lose winning decisions yeah fair Tim means knows all about it <laughs> Fair um, fair
0: plus 160
1: To me. About this. <clears throat> talk you out of it this goes to the ground what happened Sergio Marais wins why 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 would it go to the ground why would it go to the ground you say talk you out of it why was it gonna go to the ground this guy doesn't shoot takedowns Pauls we all know how good on the ground he is yeah but
0: how's James Krause's takedown defense
1: awful yeah 46 percent yeah yeah
0: yeah like I just think not good plus 160 I'm very
1: interested. you got to rely on him we're, to actually shoot. We're in
0: Brazil. He's going to be – he likes to – he loves to box. <laughs> this guy has the – great. I, it, of course. I can see the path – or obviously I can see the path for a plus 100, plus one hundred, 160 underdog to lose a fight. Yeah. I just think that um, if it's a striking exchange, it could be relatively close. He's going to be giving up some reach, but he stays active enough that these Brazilian judges – we're impressed, at least against Tim Means. Like Tim Means is a better striker, I think, than than James Kraus, and he was able to win a striking affair against Tim Means. Like, I don't know, man. This gets to the ground. Like we always talk about, Sergio Morais is your Brazilian jiu-jitsu's coach. Brazilian,
1: you always you always stumble on him every time.
0: Coach, either way, he's so good. He's yeah. so good. If he gets you down there, it's obviously everyone actively avoids going to the ground with him, like it's the plague, as they should. I don't know. Plus one hundred and sixty. Like that's the side I'm drawn to right now. Um, tell
1: me I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I think if you're backing James Krause, you're backing the fact that he's coming off a career best performance against Worley Alves, where he was a minus. Do you think he was a four and a half to one underdog against Worley? And then when Worley Alves, who Paul. Let's face it, has a significant wrestling advantage, has a significant grappling advantage. When he couldn't take him down and he got tired. geez, James Krause is technical. James Kroos. We talk about how Sergio Marias is your Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coaches. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach. James Crouch is your striking coach's striking coach. Like, he's not some marvelous striker himself. However, he's a bona fide coach. And that's why he doesn't fight much. Guys on like a five fight winning streak dating back to 2015. Like, he just does not fight. In fact, he's a 55er. No doubt about it. He's a 55er. But he ain't got time for that shit. He's got a family. He's got a gym. He's got a business. He's got a fight team. He just wants to fight maybe one time a year, maybe two times a year, just because he does love to fight. Not to cut the weight anymore fights at 170 first fight at 170 massive underdog should get washed out by Worley Alves puts up a good performance I, I do see where Sergio Marías does not shoot the takedowns doesn't attempt to get the fight to the ground because he loves to brawl uh, James Krause is much more technical than him James Krause will just keep his punches linear right down the middle he's got better output he'll just land on him yeah Sergio Marías will throw some kicks here and there those kicks will get countered the the, the thing though is is if Sergio comes out the version that we've seen in past times, goes out there with the game plan of I'm going to take this guy down and submit him, then he, yeah, yeah, no problem. And he's so much taller than James Krause. it's like he doesn't need to be a better wrestler in the traditional sense of like drop down at him with a double leg or anything like that. It's like he'll just peel him. You know what I mean? He'll get him up against the cage and he'll peel him to the ground. If the fight hits the ground. No doubt we're giving the advantage to Sergio Moraes. But the same thing goes back to not even just, you look at Moraes' last two fights. He fought Worley Alves himself. He got fucking tuned. Not, he, got, he got straight up beat up. That's the same common opponent, James Krause. But let's go past that. Let's go to the, the, the Anthony Martin fight, or the Tony Martin fight. Anthony, Tony, Rocco Martin, Rocco. whatever. Rocco. Rocco's Rocco, modern yeah, life. Too. Yeah, yeah. You go back to the Rocco fight. He got Tony Martin down three times. Rocco he got my bad my bad he got Rocco Martin down I know I don't I don't Dude's looking good these days he got Rocco Martin down three times well where was this phenomenal jiu-jitsu then well you know what turns out Martin's actually extremely adequate on the ground as well survived against Maya he survived in this case when the fight was standing where was brawling Sergio then no what you got was do absolutely nothing Sergio the Amari Akhmadov fight you know you got for two rounds before he for whatever reason clipped him with a winging overhand right you got two rounds of do nothing Sergio If that's what you get here You're going to lose He's going to lose But fuck man All he needs is the one takedown And like how dumb Could this guy be Could he His coaches must realize Don't stand there And strike with him He likes to do. But they do it every time, Paul. And he's 37. He should be a little more spring chicken than some of the other aged veterans on this card that we're trying to put some faith into. But, like, nah, he's shopworn as well, man. His last two fights, he's taken absolute beatings. And the two wins he's had prior to that was an absolute robbery versus Tim Means. And it went over a fellow shot, Ben Saunders. So you you have to know what you're getting into. If you're going to back like him as your dog, yeah, if you're going to back him as your dog, plus 160, real tempting, real tempting. It's I lose bets
0: all the time. Yeah, I know.
1: Now, what this is MMA, Paul. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure we're, we're all in the same boat here, yeah. but, but you got to find the ones that you do win make it worthwhile. Is he worth chasing up 160? Tempting, but I don't know, man. This guy is just waiting to let you down. Remember the Luan Chagas fight? Another example, just doesn't do nothing until he decides to. You can't put faith in guys like that, man. It's just like, you go re watch all of you can't those put fights. put faith
0: in those guys when they're chalk favorites.
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah there's a
0: certain line where i'm a i'm willing to take on some risk of a guy being a jabroni if the price is right i think the price may be right here but timmy's decision I haven't made coming a up. on it yet but uh yeah we'll see we'll see how about week shakes out um yeah i, I kind of i'm kind of surprised i just don't maybe i just underrate james kraut's
2: take a quick break because i need to tell you in case you didn't know the showtime sports documentary film pariah the lives and deaths of sonny liston chronicles the tragic life and suspicious death of perhaps the most vilified and misunderstood boxer of all time sonny liston tune in friday november 15th at 9 p.m on showtime back to the show
0: ricardo ramos taking on Eduardo Garrigori, minus 280 Ramos, plus 240 Garrigori we got.
1: Yeah, this is the one I didn't fully understand. Because, I mean, like, yeah, Ramos 280, (laughs) he's a big favorite. But considering that some of these other price tags on the card, everything's pretty well even. Charles Oliveira's 355. He's the one that stands out. Why is he 355? He's got the advantages absolutely all over. When I look at this Ricardo Ramos matchup, it's like, man, he's got the advantage pretty much everywhere. Thing is, and he is a poor man, Charles Oliveira, his cardio is not great. And just like a young Charles Oliveira, if you can stretch him out a little bit later, like his game plan starts to go AWOL. But he's young. He's way better grappler. I think he's got the wrestling advantage as well. Hopefully he uses that to just get the fight to the ground right away. And his striking is not bad. Doesn't move his head. Always stays basically on the line. Uh, stands upright. But his Muay Thai is not bad. He's got more experience in the UFC Gregorian it's not like he's out of place I mean he was what 12 and 0 prior to signing with the UFC but that's all just like a case of matter he had fought effectively nobody and then the UFC signs him to fight Humberto Bandonai because
0: yeah,
1: they're, in Peru. they're in Peru. We need Humberto Bandonai to fight on the card because he's a local guy and we don't have anybody on the roster that Humberto Bandani could conceivably beat. So we'll sign this guy who's kind of also from the area, although he's Argentinian, not the area, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what? He looked good. He looked good against Bandonai. Where he didn't look good is that he got taken down four times against Bandani. And then if yeah. he gets taken down even once by Ricardo Ramos, I think he's out. Like. He's He's done I don't even see where he has a shot so based on that and we'll, we'll talk about it later like as far as DraftKings goes like $9,200 like, I think you're gonna want some Ramos playing one lineup he seems like the the he, he's one of the two guys on the card. They, they're big favorites but him and Charles Oliver like they, they feel safe it feels like where, where does he blow this where does he blow this is yeah third round he's tired and he's getting plowed on because yeah this Gregorian kid like yeah his gas tank looked pretty good and I think he lives at altitude or a decent amount of altitude didn't look like he tired, but you're also sending him. Well, yeah, to Brazil. It's not that big of a distance for him. Like I don't know, he could surprise us late. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just can't go there. I'm gonna have to go with Ramos to get the job done, and I don't mind him.
0: Yeah, same here. Uh, we got Francisco Mazaranduba and Duba Trenaldo taking on Bobby Green. Uh, Green back from who? God only knows.
1: I'm there. shocked he was able to leave the country. Yeah, actually, Brazil doesn't care. I think you can still get a visa out there. Yeah. From- well, I think you can because I've known I've known Canadian fighters that can't fight in the states. They can't get to the states that have fought in Brazil. Like Brazil's, the visa process was different. I guess. Just like
0: come on in, come hey, on in. mean, as a tourist and it's just tourist dollars, maybe. Yeah, maybe they fighters think. Just like come on in. Yeah. We will. Uh, yeah, but don't fuck
1: around. Maybe he's pretending to be his brother, who's that guy? Is that guy still trying to kill his brother? If he is, then you can seek asylum in Brazil. Bam, bam, get your visa, go over there, take a fight.
0: Anyway, we got, uh, yeah, Tronaldo's minus 125. Green is plus 105. How many times, I think it was a guy on Twitter, the open roll, he's just, how many times can people say, oh, well, you know, Tronaldo is like 42 years old. He's just uh, too <laughs> he old keeps and going. keeps going. He just got robbed by and, uh, yeah, Hernandez. Alexander Hernandez. Uh, in Texas, by by far the worst commission. Yeah, yeah, and fair enough. And that is
1: home cooking. So anybody
0: in the comment section, like, just <laughs> Texas. Texas is a great example that home cooking still exists. I can tell you that much. Texas is the worst. Um, give me, give me, the, the fans are going to love this guy. Give me Master Duba, man. But, like, the, the big question here is just, like, what's Bobby been up to? Like, I guess. I
1: wow. Who knows what exactly. Bobby's been so up to? Let's wait
0: until we see the weigh-ins before we jump on this line. But uh, give, me, give me Grandpa Ternaldo, man. The guy's just, he just doesn't age. He just keeps getting, he's just the same try-testing-true guy every single time I see him go out there. Um, maybe he can utilize some wrestling. Usually, he's more of a Brazilian kickboxer. That's where He kind of got started, but the guys became a really, really serviceable top 15 lightweight. And I'm not going to bet against him in Brazil. I'll tell you that much.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely hear you. Bobby Green is similar in the frustrations that you feel for Sergio Marais. It's like, there's glimpses of brilliance in, in almost all of Bobby's fights mirrored with just so much inconsistency and like bullshit in between. Like there's almost always antics during the fight. And like, I, I don't know, people say the shoulder roll doesn't work. It's like this guy uses it pretty good. He's in a very effective striker. He's got good power. His Cardio always checks out. He outside of him getting straight out smoked out by Dustin Poirier always in competitive fights mm-hmm. he's there to fight his record is dog shit in the UFC but to keep him around for a reason and generally pretty exciting guy I, I see advantages him for it in the spot but I also see where Master Nduba because he's such a big crowd favorite he gets a pop and his style is not one of these like Sergio Moraes for meanwhile he's gonna lay back he's gonna do nothing and he's gonna have to rely on a robbery based on on doing anything, Duba do not fight like that. Fight's moving forward. You know, if you're gonna rob the opponent, it's way easier to do because it's like, yeah, this guy's at least going for it. He's bringing the heat, and his style, pretty good. A good style clash against Bobby Green because Bobby Green's really laid back. He's really relaxed. He doesn't throw a ton of punches. The punches he does throw are effective. The punches that he does throw, are fairly accurate. He's got good hands, but a lot of it is just sitting back and waiting for shit to go down. And that's what fucks him up against Poirier. Is that like he waits too long to get going, and Poirier never gives him a shot. The fight with Lando Venata, he. Waits Waits way too long to get going. Landon not a fucks him up in the first round. 10-8. Second round, Bobby Green, baby. Bobby Green works his way back into it. Wins the second round. Wins the third round. Ends up getting a draw out of it. His last fight against uh, Dracker Close. Fuck, man. He got robbed. Like... Bobby, there's something there with Bobby. You do see those flashes, but he waits too long to get going. And that'll be his his, his undoing here against Trinaldo, is that Trinaldo is a decent, decently enough fast starter, uh, and he's going to probably put the pressure on him. He's definitely going to have the fans behind him. This is not like a home cooking, and like, oh, he's from the area. There's a bunch of Brazilians on the card. This is like he's a fan favorite from the area. People love him. He's 41 years old, and it's just like this guy stood the test of time. We used to talk about Gleison Tebow, Michelle Prezeris, and Master and Duba, Master and Duba is your personal favorite. I like Gleison Tibau, and I guess as a career whole, maybe Tibau is the most you know uh, successful of the three. But none of those guys are fighting at forty-one. Like they they, they shelled of themselves, right? They shelled out. Go this guy, us, this yeah. guy just smoked on Hernandez, who's what twenty-six years old, prime of his life, and a, a good fighter. And he got robbed in Texas. So like even the commission was like shit. You know, like, we're, we're going to take some heat Hopefully for this he one. We just
0: got a win over
1: Will Brooks. Uh, Will Brooks. On In Korea. Cool scene. He didn't get paid. Oh. <laughs> I know. Crazy, right? That's why you just don't take rent. Oh, yeah, that promotion. They hadn't paid on their launch show. I don't know why you didn't take a fight. Brooks has taken it in stride. Yeah, like he got for your
0: flight to get over there and everything like that.
1: Or they they that they they covered that, oh, well. but it was like after yeah. the fight. I think I think he got paid thirty grand, and then uh, yeah, I went to go collect, and the promoter was just like, "Oh, we'll pay what, you thirty grand." No, I think they cut him a check. Yeah, him, like, I think uh, they cut uh, him a check. Castro from. Uh- but then the check what bounces. What <laughs> billion dollars? Yeah, yeah. What a billion Yeah, that's the best. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I would say that he's aged well. He's aged well, but we got to go back to what are his roots. His roots are like, fuck, man. He used to be a kickbox Brazilian kickboxing champion. He wings hard kicks, great kicks, good hooks, good punches. Have out tie guy, and, you know, he'll play to that. I bet on Klitson Abreu last weekend, the Russian tear. I thought this guy's going to do. One thing I was disappointed is... I thought he had a ground advantage. I thought he had a grappling advantage. I thought his path to victory was taking the fight to the ground, beating him on the ground. And, like, he didn't look interested at all. Like, the advice was, you can beat this guy standing. Gamzatov. Like, eh, you probably can't beat this guy standing. Maybe pockets, but just use those pockets of success to take this guy down. But instead, it was just like, let's go into the game plan of strike, strike, strike. It, it, Master Nduba is another case of, like, as good as the striking is, man, he's got such a smothering top game. Like, BJJ Black Belt, good submissions. Strong. Super strong. But he f- fell in love with the striking a bit, right? Because he's got some highlight reel knockouts. Remember the Evan Dunham fight? Like, it's like, dude, dude is a hot human highlight reel, really. Uh, anyways, I think he goes up two rounds against Bobby Green and gets a slow start. If Bobby rallies in the third, still 29-28, especially in Brazil. Master and Duba, love the value of minus 125. I can see that as a play.
0: We got uh, Worley Alves taking on Randy Brown. Alvez minus 120, Brown plus 100,
1: what you take here? I'll take Worley Alvez, but I'll pencil it in as this will be my personal apple pie shitter. I can see it already. Like, Randy Brown wins these type of fights against guys that don't have a great gas tank that he can extend down he can beat. Worley Alvez has proven to be exactly that. Like, I mean, the fights where he doesn't have his way right at the get-go... He ties. Started with the Brian Barberina fight, obviously, but then it culminates in the James Krause fight. Like, what? What are you doing, man? This guy's half your size. He, you, you, all your advantages are his weak points, and he just tired out flat out. He also fought that Salim Tuari. I think that was in Poland. Fuck, he looked terrible in that fight as well. He is now. Branded. A busted prospects. Yeah, untouchable. Yeah, he's got the win over Colby Covington, and like that's it, you know? Like flopping for that guillotine was his one trick move. It worked against uh, Nordine Taleb, it worked against Colby, and like it just busted prospects. And said, one of those tough winners that'll just fade into to nothingness. But one thing is that he's yeah, fairly young. Maybe he could theoretically turn the corner. I don't know. And then in his last fight, he kind of showed me that promise. He fostered Jumarais, and he didn't tire. He just <laughs> beat the shit out of him for three rounds. He looked good. He does have a wrestling advantage over Randy Brown. Like, Randy Brown's not taking this guy down unless the guy's gassed. He, he's way stronger than him, and he's got a good takedown defense. Also,
0: if you're a gas tank issue, if you have gas tank issues...
1: Randy's going to take a, advantage. Starting That's, starting what That's what I'm wondering about. Wrestling really Starting a fight about.
0: with wrestling is only going to make you more tired as the fight
1: goes. Out. Well, see, I think he's got the striking advantage over Randy Brown as well. Like, Brown, Brown's going to have way more length. He's going to have way more distance. He'll stay on the outside. He's got a good jab. He's got a good right hand. He's got some decent kicks. He'll be able to keep him at bay, but it's hard to keep Borla Alves out at bay because he'll just power forward, right? I think he was like 10-0 in kickboxing or something. He knows how to... To strike. And in his last fight, it seemed like he was putting it together. So, was Randy Brown as good at mixing up his game? You know, he's a mixed martial artist. I don't know that I can confidently say that he's just going to matador Worley Alves for three rounds. I think Worley Alves at some point could take him down. When he takes him down, Brown's going to be in trouble. I mean, Brown's not good enough off his back. I don't think that he's going to, he's not going to submit him. And he's too long and rangy that he's not going to get him off of him. So truthfully, how I see the fight playing in my head is that Worley Alves is just going to go out there and just bomb on him. He'll wing his strikes just to let, even if Brown shells up and covers every single punch is blocked, he's going to have to shell up and he'll probably be against the cage, because natural momentum is you're going to move back. And when he's shelled up against the cage, Alves is going to look to get him down. And when Alves does get him down, he's going to be in trouble. But Brown could make him work, and Brown could tire him out, and Brown could stay to the outside and beat him. And again... It, it's not. Wouldn't be considered an apple pie shitter because it's not. He's not a 200 no. favorite. He's not a 300 favorite. He's not somebody I have a full expectation to win. It's just like People again.
0: Shit in the proverbial apple pie that is his career. I, by I,
1: the yeah, team. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Warley Alves win this fight, and then I'm also thinking, oh man, these are the exact spots that Randy Brown has made a career out of, and Worley Alves has has undoubtedly faltered in. I haven't given you a greasy theory yet, so I might as well give you one right now. So you look at. At uh you look at I don't know, we'll just say his last four fights. I don't want to make this too long for you. But we'll look at Worley his last four fights. Mm-hmm. So he fought Salim Tuari in Europe. Fuck he looked real bad. Then he fought Sultan Aliev in Brazil. <sighs> remember he Nobody shut his eye? Man, yeah, remember he shut his eye closed and they called it after two. They were <laughs> like, oh man, okay, that's in Brazil. Then he fought James Krause in the US. Oof, he looked bad. Then he fought Sergio Moraes in Brazil. <sighs> Ooh, he never tired once. I don't know, Paul. Maybe this guy just fights better in Brazil. So I'm going to say that he doesn't die against Randy Brown. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that Worley Alves gets the victory. All right. That's the play. That's your theory. Worley
0: Alves in Brazil. He's got the uh, the gas tank of a uh, of uh, post you or <laughs> pre you saw that case, uh,
1: T.J. Dillashaw. Yeah, yeah. Disclaimer. Dilsha, no, no. Pounds, disclaimer. Disclaimer. So. disclaimer is that he did gas out in Brazil against Brian Barbarena. However, Brian Barbarena pushes a super pace. Yeah, a you pace. know, that's it was pace. it's it's not different. It's different. Pace. It's way different.
0: All right, moving on down. We've got uh, Douglas De Silva Andrade taking on the ghost of Henan Barral. The Andrade minus minus two forty, Barral plus plus two hundred. Imagine like. <laughs> <laughs> five years ago, when Dana White is going on about saying Henan Barrow is like goat. pound for pound go, you know, spinning uh, spinning back kicking
1: uh, Eddie Wineland into remember a that promo v. was like thirty three fight winning streak, yeah. and then we could only date if there was only twenty six on his UFC record, pay-per-view. but
0: they were like uh, UFC pay per view in Calgary. I remember he was like the main event against your like favorite yeah. smoked and him. Just like the whole the whole narrative at that time is just like. Has there, any, has there ever been anybody better than Varela?
1: This is incredible. Pound is for big. pound. Pound for well, pound. This was. is
0: uh, Jose Aldo's like uh, training partner, and, and he may even be better than Aldo. It's just like you fast forward a few years, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's career has fallen off an absolute cliff. And, like, the funny thing about it is... Slime
1: makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Seeing a plus
0: yeah. two hundred on Henem and it's like I'm not, I'm not like all right, let's go. Um, I mean, Douglas Silva Andrade Brazilian pressure, uh, Brazilian presser pressure striker. He's kind of like a Lineker type of style. Yeah, and I don't think Henem really has the pop on his punches to stop these types of guys from moving forward. And that's a big problem. Um, I see Andrade winning a decision, maybe even finding a finish, but decision probably more likely, just kind of barging forward, not having any respect for what's coming back from and Burrell. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully that's – if he loses this fight, it's like he's already lost Andrade. Well, it's just like it's over, man. Like it's, it's over. Get out of here. So, yeah, pick is Andrade. Gates Brown they never thought I would say that, but here we are.
1: Well, it's like you were saying—you go back all those years. And it's like imagine if it was Henan Brow versus some um, three and Douglas D'Alessandro is three and three in the UFC. It's not like he's a standout. It's not like he's a young up and comer. He's just a warm body. Like Henan, why can Henan Brow? If this was five years ago, it'd be it'd be a wash. But five years ago, Andre Uhl, Brian Kelleher, Luke Sanders—like what? He would, he'd be six to one, seven to one. He was a seven and a half one favorite over Dillashaw the first time, you know, like, like he was supposed to be so good. And you know what? And we never bet him. We never bet this guy. But the narrative always has been for me anyways. It's like, what if he recaptures like a little bit of that magic? What if, what if, what if he does find the right weight class? You know, he's been searching 145, 135, has been working. What if he recaptures some of that magic? Then the other day I'm thinking, Fuck, that magic was never magic to begin with. Like, I, I I don't, I don't know. And you look at like back when he was the absolute man, right? He won that, he won that fight in Calgary, goes to favor just based on leg kicks. Favor was done at the time and actually went to decision. Not a great fight, actually. Then he beats Michael McDonald. He got dropped by Michael McDonald, if you don't remember that. Mm-hmm. But then he submits Michael McDonald. OK, well, where is he at these days in Ballotor. Uh Eddie Wineland. He punched out Eddie Wineland. Why, why was he even fighting Eddie Wineland, the former WEC champ? Like, like over. Yeah, it was a sick KO. Don't get me wrong. It was like over, over the hill, non-contention Eddie Wineland. Like, OK, cool highlight, real win. And then he beat Faber again. Why, why did he fight Faber again? He routed him five rounds to nothing the first time. thought he needed a short notice guy. And then since then, it's like, yeah, yeah. When he takes an upper level of competition, guys that are relevant by today's standards, he got smoked out. When he takes on guys that are irrelevant by today's standards, like Sanders and Ewell. He's getting smoked out. Like there's no there's no recapturing anything there. Uh, it, it's gone. Yeah, I think Douglas is just simply being able to stand there and swing bombs. By the way, like his losses, you know Rob Font and Peter Yawn. Like yeah, those guys are good. Those guys would know they would have no trouble beating and Brow. Yep. You think Henin Brow goes one round against Peter Yawn? No, no fucking chance. No way. No no way about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, he only makes two rounds against Peter Yawn, but all the same, it's like yeah, when you give him a slightly lesser like a like a Marlon Vera. Like yeah, he looked okay there. He can win those striking exchanges. He can pressure forward. He's got enough power to knock out Brow, and I feel like he's got enough takedown defense to just keep the fight standing and make it happen. So yeah, I, I got Indraj. However, however, I know I probably sound broken record. You'd be like, I don't like two forty. I, I I don't. I don't like two forty. As shot as Brow is, one in one in six in his last seven, that that one win being over a male nurse Felipe over. I still don't I still don't love putting 260 on a guy that again is 3 and 3 in the UFC over 6 fights and fights once a year. Like he's not exactly he's 32, doesn't fight very often, has a ballooned up record and has mixed results against mid to mediocre level talent. So, yeah, if Barau captured whatever used to be there, I still think he loses, but for 260, I don't really want to find out. So this Probably a pass. I mean, but we'll talk about DK, why, like 9,100. Fuck it. This guy's shot. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it does. About right. It does. I wouldn't price it any differently, but I'd also be hoping people weren't taking action on it.
0: We got Veronica Macedo taking on Ariane Lipsky. Uh Macedo, minus 125. Lipsky plus 105. Lipsky was supposed to get the ketchup eating treatment. <laughs> There's like you know what we've got someone who may be very marketable here, good-looking girl, just struggling to find a W. Who do we call? Catch a beating, catch a beating pulled out. That's not good for business. And then they brought in Macedo, which like is much is a harder opponent. Frankly, and a striker who's faster. Maybe this, I guess, Lipsky is going to be looking to try to take this fight to the canvas if she can track. You this think down. so? Macedo should probably be faster on the feet don't you think
1: she is fast I'll give her that I'll give her that
0: uh, if you're Lipsky what's your game plan coming into this fight then
1: Wow, I don't know. She's a Muay Thai specialist. I figured she'd probably want to keep it striking and use her size. Like, that's the one thing with Macedo. You and I, one of the few people, made motherfucking money on Macedo last time out. But the whole talk around her beating Polly Vienna for us was, this is the first time she'll fight a natural 115 opponent. Like, this girl's a strawweight. She's always been a straw weight, and yet she was fighting at bantamweight. Like, oh, it made no sense. At 125, she's still having mixed results, but finally taking an opponent that was coming up. Like, okay, she'll have advantages here. She shows her speed. She shows her striking. Her ground game, not that bad either. She's young. She's getting better. She's making improvements. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind this girl one bit, but I thought she was actually legitimately planning to go to 115. I see that she was supposed to fight this Amanda Lemos, Lemos in a few weeks, or it's like three weeks after this card so she's coming in on short notice but she was already training for another mm-hmm. fight and that fight was at 125 by the way so it wasn't like she was I don't know I thought she was going to 115 guess not uh, she could pose Lipsky a lot of problems here maybe she's got a speed advantage over Lipsky she's more mobile she's got that karate base so she's an elusive striker and as bad as her ground game seems to be she's made She's made a lot of improvements there she spent a lot of time working there I think she kind of show, showcased that her last time out so I think Macedo's got some chances for sure but I, I don't know like this is the most digest- generic fight to bet on i think because with macedo
0: being nothing happens it's a lot of like fighting at range and strikes don't actually get landed
1: yeah yeah and i was a huge proponent of being like that first fight she makes her octagon debut against ashley evan smith right but she's like 21 years old and ashley evan smith is twice her size and way better on the ground right Mm -hmm. and then she fought andrea lee andrea lee is fucking huge for the weight class it just smokes right there. Jillian Robertson is like fuck, dude. She's much a way better grappler and way bigger than her. But through all of that, it's like trial through fire. She's fighting actually some of the top end girls in the division, and now she's only twenty four years old. And now she finally got an opponent in Pollyanna Vienna where she could showcase some of that, and she did. She looked good in that fight, so now she's coming into this fight again. It looks short notice, but she's not really yeah, short notice. She
0: got screwed by a beating pulling pulling out of this spot.
1: Yeah, but think about if you're the yeah, UFC. Opponent. Think about if you're the UFC, right? We signed this girl. She was getting paid bizank from KSW, yeah. and you took her with some promise that she was going to be a, a great fighter. Okay, she fights Joanne Calderwood. How badass is Joanne Calderwood? You know, she's got ten plus fights in the UFC. She's been all around. She's fought for all the great promotions in the world. Okay, yeah, all her Lipsky. Jojo. Lipsky's Lipsky comes in at 245 favorite over Joanne Calderwood, despite the fact that it's her UFC debut. She's a 245 favorite. Shits the bed. Okay, so let's give her Molly McCann. She's a 275 favorite over Molly McCann. Again, shits the bed. So now Macedo's here, and it's like, okay, now she's near even money with Veronica Macedo. They themselves are jumping off the bandwagon, but there's a reason she was a favorite, that big of a favorite over, you know, talented, proven veterans at one time. There was thought to be something there, whereas Macedo, coming off a zero three start to her UFC career, is just making up for lost time. Anyways, this is a flat out pass. If one of them got to be better dog status, yeah, I can see maybe taking a poke on it as like a dog. Like if you give me Lipsky for dog money, real dog money. Not not plus 105. Maybe i take a shot at that. that well, you know what? 0-2, big fucking deal. You know who was 0-3 in the UFC? Macedo. It doesn't matter what your record in the UFC is. You got to get the proper fight. She fought Molly McCann, hard grinder, and Joanne Calderwood. Maybe you can give her a pass. Give me better than plus 105, I would take her. Flip side to that, if a bunch of people pounded at this price and is the underdog, no. I I could be I I guess I could be tempted into that way, but the I smart play here I think is just walk I is I just would walk.
0: Imagine there's a crazy amount of action
1: on either side, of that. <laughs> and for this good, good reason. For, for good a reason. UFC
0: Sao Paulo card. And that's the like second, second fight, fight. Yeah. on a UFC Sao Paulo. Like nobody, people aren't betting these. The people in our the you know our Twitter community and stuff are betting, but like the general public is unless they have like a tout guy who is like telling them to bet one of these sides. like
1: You'd have to have a, a hot take or an inside scoop. But when I watch the tape on both of them, it's like I, I see the path for both. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, we've got uh, Tracy Cortez taking on Vanessa Mello. Minus 200 Cortez, plus 170 Mello. Tracy, this is this fight, like the, the path for this fight to happen is very, very, very crazy. It was like, I think it was Duda Santana versus Leah Letson. Leah Letson pulled out and... Tracy Cortez came in to take on Duda Santana. Duda Santana pulled out, and then Vanessa Mello comes in to fill in. So, like, it started with Lutz and Santana, and we're, we have two completely different fighters. Um, obviously, not very much time for... Yeah, it's short notice, I guess, for all parties, so, like, let's not over-concern ourselves. With that, sorry, I'm just trying to write down the time code here at the same time, which is... Wonderful.
1: Kind of a pain in the ace. What's the last fight. Um single fight.
0: Um, so Cortez in her, uh, in, her, in her contender series fight, taking on a striker, able to work her grappling, get up against the cage, go for takedowns. It's all gravy, but uh, she got re- reversed a bunch of times against said striker that she was taking on. The girl looked incredibly, incredibly green. Got the win. Cute face. Cute, uh, you know, good personality, that type of thing. Gets the call out, or gets the call up to the big show here. But, I mean, there's massive holes in her game. Vanessa Mello, on the other hand, she's really, like you know, she has a bad record, but she's taken on definitely the better opponents over the course of her career. All I can really say is minus 200, like, I do not touch that line. Like, that is absurd for an opponent or a, a fighter like Cortez, who is just so, so green, getting reversed, losing position in, in real, real basic spots um, in that fight on the contender. So she ended up, you know, her cardio gas tank, that all checks out. But, um, yeah, minus 200, like, it's really, really... It's a it's a full out pass for me on this one. Like I just don't see how I could ever get to that price and I think mellow kinda sucks, so I don't really wanna Take that
1: the plus dog money on her either. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Yeah, it's risky in the sense that's like Melo has more losses than this other girl has. Like combined fight Mm -hmm. by one, you I mean six and one versus the six pro losses. But she she's got way more experience. The skill set definitely has to go towards Tracy Cortez, basically just being that she's a wrestler. And I hate to say it, but quite simply, knowing how to wrestle decently enough. Gonna win you some fights in this division it, it, when they match you accordingly. And Melo's kind of like that. Like she's not, she's ten and six in her career. She's kind of had a journeyman type status. She fought on that same card where nobody got paid with Will Brooks in them. she beat be Jan Finney. Remember her? She fought for back in the yeah, day. I watched that fight earlier. Today. Right, right. She's like eleven and fourteen or something, and she wins that fight. And I don't know. Maybe they feel bad for her. she never got paid, so they sign her to the UFC, and then just. There's there's not enough there's not enough there. The, the problem with Tracy Cortez is that her last fight, well, whatever, two fights ago, her last fight's on Contender Series. Two fights ago, she fights for Invicta. She scrapes up a split decision, right? It's like she's young, she's green, she's one dimensional. She's got a good gas tank. She can wrestle. That's gonna help. But she's
0: not positioned like.
1: But like, take it from me. Take it from me. I'll Gat be honest it's
0: still got massive holes. In yeah, that. take but it from me. Can take you I've gone Did she secure you in position? Not
1: really. No. I've lost fights like this before. I've lost fight not in the UFC, but LFA and Invicta and Bellator. You know what I mean. The girl's a better wrestler. She has a significant wrestling advantage. The problem is, is that it's like it's it's UFC ten shit. You know what I mean. Like if the takedown doesn't work, it's like who the fuck knows what's going to happen. And Mello being a much more experienced fighter at home, um, they're kind of both short notice. I don't think that's an advantage for anybody. Like it could get dicey. This is one sixty five. Yeah, all. Well, there you're going, Cortez. Anything above that makes you worry. Two hundred—it's one of those price tags. She should be considered one of the safer plays on the card. She's a stylistical dream against Mello. It—she should. But yeah, you're. She well, better wrestler, a but better like wrestler. you're, but like you're saying, she can't hold these people down, right? Oh, no, she got
0: reversed twice against that that girl in the contender series. Now she was able to re-reverse.
1: You know, you like, know, they were just rolling around
0: multiple yeah. times. Like she lost position, uh, she got swept a couple times, and it's just like ugh. I mean, I can't bet you at that price. With DraftKings, a different story.
1: Because yeah. kind of,
0: the scrambling messes; those those fights just sometimes just turn into like bonkers points.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow, well, of course. But when I was looking, when I was looking at today, it was tape study. It was almost like I don't know, I don't even know how to 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 explain it. It was almost like some polster guy shit. But I'm watching, trying to do some tape study here. I'm looking at Tracy Cortez. I'm thinking, fuck, dude, she's a way better wrestler. She's gonna take her down. She's gonna have her way. And then, and then all I hear is. I said, what the fuck was that? I said, like, Duran Wynn. I said, who's there? Who the fuck is there? Nobody's there. So I little, little, little oh, dude, Tracy Gortez is going to get some motherfucking takedowns. Melo's not going to be a Duran Wynn. I said, but that's the problem, dude. A little voice in my head was right. Yeah, Duran Wynn is a much better wrestler than fucking Stewart. Much better wrestler. And he did get the takedowns, just like I thought he would. But he couldn't hold him down. So what goods it takes down when the other person just pops right back up? And You know what happened when he popped right back up? Not a very good striker, now is he? Darren Stewart pieces him up. Darren Stewart wins the decision. I got killed on that. And truthfully, part of me thinks Darren Wynn did win that fight. No, no, that's a lie. He won that bout. He lost the fight. Hundred percent, he lost the fight. Yeah, but if it's a priority. What point, he might he 100% have, lost yeah, the fight. may have scraped up two of the three rounds.
0: I understand the. Argue- I thought he. Yeah, I thought he won. So so, did, so
1: do you mean, know why she's? Do you know why she wins a split decision two fights back? Because it's the same thing. Like, what good's the takedown without any real control, without any real ground and pound? Like, yeah, you just you, it's not quite there. So, Melo could be a better striker. In fact, she just went three rounds with Irene Aldana. So, why isn't she not a better striker? She is. If she can just keep getting back up when she does get taken down. Maybe she makes a roll. Anyways, all I'm saying here is fucking don't touch it. Pass the 200 is just too big of a price tag. Because I do like Tracy Cortez, but voice in my head, who needs to fuck off with the Deron win shit, is uh, is yeah, 100 percent right. The fuck said more there? like
0: Deron lose. Am I
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, we'll get a good
0: price on them next time, though. Hopefully it's against somebody with,
1: or, Who knows? You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Darren Stewart, presu- presumably, <laughs> so had... improved a lot, <laughs> yeah. man. We, yes, yes. For the guy
0: who got submitted, and I like, passed, like, a 13-to-1 fucking bet on, the. Uh,
1: Julian Marquez. By, by submission. submission. He never And De'Ron Wynn can't hold this guy down. What is going on? Yeah, Stewart has improved a lot. Yeah, he has. All respect in the world to the dentist. We will say that he has.
0: Uh, he's definitely stepped up his game. All right, let's run through this fight card from a DraftKings perspective. We'll just start with the main event. Vlahovic, 8,900. Uh, Ronaldo, Jackeray, Souza, seventy-three hundred. You want? 100. You want both sides or one? That, I don't. I don't want to go through that way because I don't have it.
1: No, no, good.
0: I don't have it in pricing. I don't have it like 94 like what, what how do you want to
1: do it okay okay Blachowicz I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a pass on yeah I'm gonna take a pass on Blachowicz because honestly like he's just not known for that power he's not known for that stopping ability I mean, he just lost, finished Luke Rockhold last time out yeah well he, fair he beat Luke Rockhold last time out but everybody and their mother laughs about Luke Rockhold's chin like Dave Branch wobbled this guy like he cannot take a punch and 100% Jan Blachowicz took advantage of that when you look at uh Jacare Souza like spitting back fist against a yole, folding him up. List to tell the tale. Kelvin Gastelum drops him, slams some shots into him. List to tell the tale. All of his fights. The Chris Wybin fight. Fuck, Chris Wybin's hands look good the first ten minutes. Hits him with all types of nasty. Guy can take a hell of a punch. And what I'm saying is that Blakovic is not a 100-significant-strike kind of guy. If he, I want him to wrestle. That's his path to victory. But if he doesn't wrestle, he's not going to get up to 8,900. So I'm taking the pass on him. Five rounds, Um, I'm going to play him. Okay, yeah, fair, fair. And I think a lot of people will because of five rounds. But without any takedowns, if it's just significant strikes and it goes five rounds maybe he gets 90 points and I guess for that it would be considered like worth okay, it but he's way I think
0: that's what I'm out
1: on okay fair enough that's a theory and uh, and I love theories so fair fair Jacare Souza at $7,300 yeah he's got 5 rounds to deal with he's got a better submission game he could theoretically land that shot I don't know maybe his power translates at 205 I couldn't tell you because I've never seen it so I, I can't confidently say he'll knock him out in fact Blachovitz has got a cast iron chin so yeah I think 7300 is the price but I, I'm leaning towards a pass in the main event Shogun 9300 300 if he hits paul craig he could knock paul craig up but i'm getting a bad feeling about that craig 6900 he, he has to grease them 6900 is, you know i i, oh, I think oh, oh, i think for a cash game it's a high risk play for a cash game so you're not gonna like it and for a gpp i don't know that he's got that big upside we're looking really for low volume man like, he just he's extremely to, low volume he has to a submission And he's—I don't know—that he he submits. Last
0: fight out against Vince's Moreau's complete dust.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um, that—that—that one I'm passing away for. uh, Charles Oliveira, ninety-four hundred dollars. I 100% see that. I think he can win this fight standing. I could think he can win this fight on the ground. Remember that Carlos Diego Ferreira fight? He drops Jared Gordon, and then it's like a—it's like a cop arresting like uh, some civilian. Like he just pins one arm behind his back, like a hammerlock and then beats the piss out of him. It's a perfectly well-rounded performance, but it shows what a guy with advantages over Jared Gordon can do. I think Charles Oliveira, again, can do the same thing. Standing on the ground, gets it done. Jared Gordon, $6,800. That would be a decent punt. He has scored big in his career. He does have a good gas tank. He does have a big heart, but all all the other cards are stacked against him here, so I would have to take the pass there, unless you're paying one punt. Big GPP. Fuck it. Going for it. (sighs) Maybe not. Arroyo, $8,000. He's a mid-range guy. I think you nailed it in that. He's got potentially high upside. Munoz has been knocked out in all four of his pro losses. That's how he loses fights. arroyo meanwhile,
0: kicks.
1: he's got some decent kicks. He's got some decent stopping power. And Munoz is a terrible striker. He charges forward. He doesn't have the wrestling to back it up. He needs to rely on the fact that he can flop to the ground and just reverse you and get on top. Maybe hit some type of scramble and get on top. Against Arroyo who's a decent enough grappler, a guy that spent a lot of time in Greg Jackson's, a guy that might have a decent little game plan here. I think Arroyo can put it together. Eight thousand decent enough play. Marcus Perez, Wellington Thurman, I'm gonna have to hit a pass here. Perez at eighty six hundred dollars. That's expensive for a guy that it, he takes his time, man. He hands out his waist, hangs at the back. He's I mean, got, he got a he's got of a of nice body actual kick. Killer
0: instinct and he came yeah. after it. My problem with got a oh. nice
1: anaconda choke.
0: My problem with Wellington thurman here is that
1: He's just going to grind the pace to He's a gonna halt. try to hold him up against the cage, and that's just, yeah. that just
0: dicey. If it's anybody there, I'm playing Marcus Perez just because I see – that he does have, like, the killer instinct when he has an opponent.
1: Hurt. Yeah, Perez is also really durable. And so the flip side to that, if I'm fading Perez, why would I not take Wellington Tournament? Is that like, yeah, yeah, you're right. If he's going to win this fight, hopefully, and I think he's going to win this fight, how I see his path is hold him up against the cage and grind him. That's not going to help us on DK very much. Uh, James Krause versus Sergio Morais. I think you take a pass on the 9,000 on James Krause. Just too much. Even if he does go out there and route Sergio Morais, no takedowns. S- Sergio Mariz is not—he's not, not going to get enough points out of it. But that seventy-two hundred dollars on Sergio Mariz is very tempting. And like, just dude, you just need one takedown, maybe one in the first and one in the second. But that's it—two takedown. That's all. Very hard to trust him But $7,200 Willing when to look
0: Willing the, to try it When you look at the bottom Of the pricing Yeah That was this Sergio Moraes And you're like oh,
1: High yeah, upside High Alvaro, upside
0: And Up to uh, Ricardo Ramos And those other guys it's Like Marais Does feel like The at least Relatively safe guy Down there Yeah like, You'll probably get Three rounds out of him Even in a loss Maybe you get 25 points So like and if he wins, it's maybe he gets a first-round submission. Like he gets this fight to the ground. He's he's so dynamic down there. So yeah, seventy-two hundred. Plug your nose. <laughs>
1: He's a submission specialist, and yeah, he's pulled off some wizardry in the past. You asked Neil Magny. I mean, he, he could definitely hit up for that. Now, the R- Ricardo Ramos fight. Again, I said Ramos is a poor man's version of Charles Oliveira. It's what I believe. He's $200 cheaper on the DraftKings. He's like 60 points cheaper on the money line. He'd be way less owned, probably. Way less owned. Definitely worth a poke. Why he is the riskier play is he's not nearly as proven as Charles Oliveira, obviously. And also, with Oliveira fighting Jared Gordon, the blueprint's been made on Jared Gordon. We've seen him lose. We've seen him lose in spectacular fashion there's something you can base it on Gregorian there's not any holes in what you've seen other than his takedown defense maybe against the band and I fight because there's not enough out there on him he hasn't been knocked out he hasn't been submitted he's shown to have a good gas tank so there's a little bit of more of a question mark there a little bit more of a worry but because it's going to be lower ownership and basically the same amount of upside I think Ricardo Ramos is definitely worth having a look at Bobby Green, Francisco Trinaldo, I'm going to hit a pass on that. I think Francisco Trinaldo can win the fight, should win the fight, but Bobby Green's hard to, to, to score big on last you knocked this guy out. He's been dropped. But when he doesn't get knocked out, he can slow the pace down a little bit. And Francisco Trinaldo, yes, we always talk about his age, Paul. We do. 41 years old. He's not going to just put foot on the gas the entire time. Like He's smart now. He's going to have to pace himself a little bit. And if he paces himself against a defensive fight against Bobby Green, I don't know that he's going to hit up to that 8400 Because he's a big fan favorite, I can see him being decently owned. Bobby Green, I'm going to head a pass on that as well. Worley Alves, Randy Brown, I think both sides are playable, just depending on what camp you're with here. Randy Brown, $7,900. If he wins this fight, could he score? 80 points against Worley Alves yeah James Krause just beat the shit out of him from the outside Mm -hmm. and this guy's twice as long as James Krause he could get you that in value for sure flip side to that I think Worley Alves is putting it all together and if he does he's got the takedown advantage he could submit him he could land some decent strike standing put it all together the $8,300 is also worth it just depends where you're feeling with that particular uh, matchup Douglas and Josh and Burrell like it would have to be such a Oh, like a dart throw at a board that Hen and Burrow is going to show up like a, a version of himself that he needs to be in order to win this matchup. There's just no real way of knowing. So I would have to say $7,100, you had a hard pass. Douglas D'Andros, meanwhile, he swings bombs. Hennon chin was seriously compromised by TJ Dillashaw two times yeah yeah it seems like almost but but of the other 9,000 like uh north of 9,000 plays we talked about Ricardo Ramos we talked I don't like James Rose uh no no he's definitely he's off of that Charles Oliveira to a lesser extent Marisa who hell I like Blockowitz. honestly at 8,900 more than I think I like D'Andrade at 91 he could get the ko but I don't know. I don't know. Just there's there's more risk there, I think, associated. Veronica Macedo versus Lipsky, I think he'd hit a hard pass on this on both sides. And Tracy Cortez. Very interesting. We've just finished talking not that long ago about, about Tracy Cortez. Not a good price tag at minus two hundred. Mm, definitely not proven. Could lose this fight. You'd want some exposure on DraftKings because she's got the best thing DraftKings has got going. Good wrestling, <laughs> terrible positional control. No top game for good wrestling.
0: The problem because is all it is is scrambles. The down. That's the issue that we're going to run into
1: here. Well, well, well. We forgot to break this down, so I'll slip this in there. But, yeah, yeah, she's coming up a weight class. And Melo, in her last fight against Irene Aldana, fucking missed weight by yeah. multiple pounds, like coming big. So, yes, wrestling advantage is now going to be a lot different, right?
0: Six thighs in that matchup, I'll tell you that one. But if you're looking
1: at it for a DraftKings, I'm just going for it. I'm just going for it. She's going to be low ownership, hopefully, in comparison to some of the other plays maybe her opponent being bigger could be good for you because she's really not going to be holding yeah. her down now, Paul.
0: My donkey play. But I would say Probably. money
1: line is you walk away. My donkey play on DraftKings
0: of the week is, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely going to end up playing Tracy Cortez and, at least it's the first Fight of the night So it's like Oh well The DraftKings night is over
1: No you're The
0: Paul's to
1: Paul's fight. obvious Pick of the week Last week Did come through With Hobolov What an awful Fight to watch But thank we mentioned that, We mentioned It would probably Be an awful fight To that watch That referee's play of the yeah, movie, yeah yeah you know, yeah it's yeah. all set He's like Nothing is going on I'll tell you Nothing is going on But I will not do Nothing about yeah. it This is like Alright cool You gotta
0: do something But not actually Do something Because I'll just Let you continue To do
1: nothing. Yeah yeah You know what The crazy thing too is Hobolov will lose one fight and they'll cut him despite his long history of success and people will be like how do you cut a guy who's 14 and 4 in the UFC it's just like woof man people are paying for entertainment like he just sucks all the entertainment right out of it but it's an effective style so sadly enough who is the Paul's obvious but probably gonna fuck it up play this week who looks obvious is it Charles Oliveira or is it Ricardo Ramos that's it's feeling like Ricardo Ramos don't fuck Charles I Oliveira. I, I,
0: I think Oliveira toasts. Uh, George yeah, George but three thirty, three fifty-five yeah, is a big exactly. price that tag. That
1: no, no, win, win, Duran, win. We win with him. He was a good price tag last week. Hoblo, Hoblo was two hundred when we bet him. Like it was a good price tag. Three thirty-five on Oliveira is yeah, you know, not a not a good price tag. No, I'll bet it, but I'm gonna have to put it with some other stuff which I don't lie, love. I'm not
0: force it. Especially we don't have to do this every single week because I. I, I
1: I faded the curse. I got I got over the curse last week. There you go, guys. Okay. So there you go. Chris is done. Poky Rose Parlay is going to be. Mm, you know what? We're going to go with Jacare. Ah, I know. Sorry, Robbie. We're going to go with We're going to go Jacare. We're going to go Shogun. One of them's going to fuck it up. Charles Oliveira, Antonio Arroyo. Technically, he's the dog. So that's one dog play. I'm gonna go Terman. You know he's plus one hundred five. I, I, you're, 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 yeah. I don't know. The pass is a smart play, but because I'm giving you straight up picks here, and he's technically gonna be the second dog. Sergio Marias, why not? Why not? Actually, we got four dogs oh now. Oh yeah, we're gonna take Rod Carter Ramos. He's favorite. Trinaldo the favorite. Orly Alves is the favorite. Indraj is the favorite. Macedo is the favorite. Do I want Macedo? Yeah. I'm going to take Lipski. I'm going to take Lipski. That's the fifth favorite. And then Tracy Cortez. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I do see value on this card. There are some good straight-up plays. There's some good uh, some value in 500 dogs anyways. But, man, if there was... Remember how they used to be like UFC breaking point? UFC bedlam. This would be like UFC untrustworthy. Because, like, man, the favorites have all dogged you at some point. Let's look at the favorites. Jan Blakovitz, Man... Just has fought lackluster fights. Remember when he lost to Tiago Santos? He ran straight first into that punch with, with, with no reason. He's fighting a good fight to that point. Shogun Hua, how many times is he shit in your pie? Charles Oliveira, What? we literally invented the term apple pie shitter because of this fucking guy. Uh, Andre Muniz, I can't, he's got no I mean, experience. Like, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Marcus Perez just fights like an idiot half the time. James Krause shouldn't be at this weight class. Ricardo Ramos, fucking apple pie shitter. Francisco Ternal 41. He's had a couple wonky moments here and there. Worley Alves, what? Are we talking about apple pie shitters? Again, same old. Has done it many times before. Andrade and Henan like, that's got bad news written all over it. And then you got two women's fights that are... Likely stayaways. So yeah, I, I see where the danger is, for sure. But coming off Russia, we got get back on track. And listen, eh, Lou Bega didn't get it right with Mambo Number One. Uh, sometimes it takes you know some consistency and some some perseverance. So let's get back on track. Well, Paul,
0: did do you see that I became a Rocco Martin guy?
1: Oh, he's your guy now. I think I'm a Rocco Martin guy. I
0: don't know why. I was watching the fights. That's crazy. I was watching the fights, and uh, when he got booed. We got booed, and there was this whole family thing and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? Maybe that was, like, the first time he seemed, like, personable. I was able to relate in any way, shape, or form. like, you know what? I've been addicted to this guy. Needlessly, I've been addicted to this guy over the years. Just like that. I'm a Rocco guy. Rocco Martin guy now.
1: Yeah, all right, Paulo, Aziz.
0: Oh, yeah, he's managed by them.
1: Yeah, for how all I know, you? that's who I'm talking to right now. How do I know yeah. you're not the real Paul Shaughnessy? That was some wonky shit. I've known you how long? You don't like Tony Martin. Rocco. His name's Rocco. Wow. You, you know what? You accused me of getting that Aurora money last week. I'm thinking you're getting some Ali Abdelaziz money right now. What's going on here? Something's up. I'm on to you, Paul.
0: No. it was uh, It was unreasonable for me. <laughs> to just pick this guy out for no good reason and say that I hated him.
1: Well, you hate's a strong word. I don't know if you ever said you hated him. For you sure said you said disliked him. him
0: point. I okay. Think I, I okay. think I did hate him until that
1: moment. Okay. So he softened up your bank account and now he's your boy. All right. All right. Let's see how things go. Hmm. Let's, see how, let's see where your loyalty stands.
0: Could have been where my mind was at the time. You know, the. Uh, it's legal here. The so. heish.
1: Yeah, heesh was putting hate in your heart. It's legal.
0: It's legal here these days. So there's nothing I. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Embrace, like,
1: embrace oh, the hate, Paul.
0: You've been really hard on this guy, you <laughs> like, Maybe you should switch. You should just. I'm a Morocco guy now.
1: You so, know uh, what? We'll see, we'll
0: see if this actually continues into the next fight.
1: The other day, but
0: the other you know, day, that was a you know that was a super super dodgy tough fight. and He looked great. He did look good. Last time you know
1: think. what, he makes improvements every time, really. I mean he's probably a pretty hardworking guy at American top team and makes the improvements. I see it. Sometimes I also and, think uh, like you. I'm like, uh,
0: Greg did Hardy versus Volkov. I think we, we were you know, we were saying how can we not pick the guy who's the more experienced trained fighter? And sure enough he won exactly the way that we thought. But you know, Hardy stock goes up. I think Hardy's stock went
1: not yeah, up. Yeah, Remember, He's I said. Remember, I said. I don't know if he can take a punch in the face because I haven't seen it. Volkov never hit him with anything hot. But it's like he 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 stood up there. He a went massive. He step went up and complimented for Greg Hardy for and sure. He
0: did not look out of place. No, no. So you know, props to him. Props to the gym for getting him ready. Like this guy's gonna be around this division. So whether you love him or hate him, most people hate him. Um, you better get used to him because Greg Hardy's going to be here for a long time.
1: All right. So now you're publicly endorsing Greg Hardy and Rocco Martin. The fuck is going on here, man? What the fuck is going on? Who else? He says Kayla Harrison. Let me see. She's your bebe. Mm -hmm. Remember, you're saying off camera. Who's your bebe? Is Kayla Harrison your bebe? Because now I know something. No, she's nobody's bebe.
0: And we were right with, uh David Grant. I felt that one felt good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus yeah, one yeah. for the underdog. Yeah, yeah. Really, I was really wrong on Jesse uh, Rose Clark versus Kianza. You could tell really early into that one that there was just a massive boxing advantage for uh, Kianza and uh, Rose Clark.
1: Okay, I'll we'll leave you with this. Put the question on you here. Coming off of last week. Is getting SAF-dicked still in play? Danny Roberts 100% that was benefited. The reverse, the reverse so, so benefited. 100%. Like, there's the guy I've been talking about who seemingly didn't no longer exist. Hat off. Totally different guy. But in the same breath, I mean, Davey Grant presumably had me get saf too. And yeah, fuck, it was good. Plus 165. That one so definitely we, did feel good. What we good.
0: learned from it is that SAF-dicking... Jury's still out. Reverse saf dicking? Very much in play.
1: I've never bet right, against I've just, never bet against Jared Gordon, so if he comes out there and crushes Charles Oliveira, which in a universe does exist, definitely a possibility. Uh holy fuck, that would be bad luck. Yeah, I'm not talking about happens, luck. That's a mad that's official curse status. If that
0: happens, the reverse sap dick is one hundred percent with uh, you know, the Ender Curse and Shag Fade, Ben Fade.
1: And with this mustache, you do not want to be getting sav let me tell you. Ten, you could do 10-15 for that. Oops. I basically just... out of the
0: microphone here?
1: I don't know. What'd you do? you falling apart here. I must
0: have smacked it. Anyway.
1: that All right, Ali. Uh, leave you at that.
0: Ali, what are you talking about? What are you talking
1: about? Who else what? do you like from Dominance MMA? I mean, from the UFC. Uh, I
0: like Half the card from last week. The entire card was basically like Ali's... Where's that...
1: Let me let me guess. Let me guess. You you probably thought Kelvin Gastelum won too, didn't you? No, <laughs> no I didn't think he did either. Good fight. Ah, not a good fight, but like he give a okay account of himself. But he lost Coach, three round fight, you, ladies and
0: gentlemen. Don't have anything big coming up?
1: Nothing. Helping break Dukepedia. That's our next world champion, baby. So what? keeping the yeah. a oh, new horse remember i was in pennsylvania last week four days no oh yes that's why we did the show on thursday paul yeah very short you were in pennsylvania i wouldn't expect you you to know you got all these clients and all these different countries fighting on events you know i (laughs) you're probably too busy to realize that little cody was in pennsylvania but anyways yeah 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 so fuck he's just a baby we gotta teach him
0: He's going to get after. He's going to make you the big bucks.
1: Hopefully. His brother Jetpedia made about like $175,000, but uh, couldn't breathe. He had a bad breathing problem, like a palate issue. So...
0: So you're buying horses with breathing
1: issues? Is that No, problem? no, no. He's a That's half-brother. Sub-ultimal? He's a half-brother to him. So Jetpedia was out of a horse called Muscle Hill, and Duke is out of a horse called Cantab Hall. So they're half-brothers. they got the same mom, different dad. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Jetpedia was real fast and had a breathing issue. So yeah. little Dookie, if little Dookie's also fast but doesn't have that motherfucking breathing issue then it would have been a good investment. But I don't know, time will tell, dude. Still a long way away. He doesn't
0: dookie in your apple pie.
1: Yeah, geez, I didn't really consider that.
0: All right, that was Cody Sapphic. Thank you, Cody Saptik for bringing down the fights with me. As always, for Cody, I am Paul saying goodbye and good luck. Family experience! Experience!